Hello, this is Jan Scruggs, president and founder of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington, D.C., and I'm here to tell you a little bit about the uh, the battle, the shootout at the OK Corral, because this is going to be a very important part of laying the foundation for you to understand this uh, highly unique, uh, talented, and determined individual. Uh, what happened uh, back in the uh, 1800s was uh, there was a wild frontier in America. I mean, when you went out there to Montana and Arizona, you were in uh, a country that had its own rules and there was gunslingers and hustlers and uh, everything else. Good guys, bad guys, but most guys were ha half good and half bad. <laughs> Maybe a couple of preachers were, you know, perfect, but oh yeah. I'll tell you about Wyatt Earp. He was uh he had a lot of uh, professions. He was a, a very skilled gambler. Uh, he'd been in the police uh, sheriff department. Uh, uh, he had been a saloon owner. He had also owned a, a house of ill repute. repute. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but I, I <laughs> imagine uh, what might have gone on there. But uh, he uh, had a very store, fantastic career. He is the most famous American cowboy. He was a real big guy. He was of Irish ancestry, and uh, he didn't have to use his gun that much because he could just punch punch somebody out. You know, some old drunk running running around Dodge City, and uh, he's a very very tough guy. He had some brothers, and uh, they ended up with uh, in Cochise County there, Arizona, and uh, the, the OK Corral is where the, where this whole thing ended up. And uh, very relevant nowadays, they uh, new a new ordinance in town that says you cannot carry a firearm, concealed or unconcealed. I mean, we have that problem now. So the Clantons, who they had were kind of fighting with over control of the town and the licenses for the, the bars and everything, they had a shootout, lasted 30 seconds, went down in history, but uh, wider. He was about the only guy who wasn't wounded. Uh, they were fight, fighting the Clantons and the McClaries, and uh, about 30 bullets were fired. But Doc Holliday showed up and at that with a, a large shotgun, double-barrel shotgun. And uh, when the whole thing was over, there were some people bleeding and wounded very badly, including Virgil Earp and uh, uh, a few others. And uh, it was just a wild literally wild time and once the gunfight was over guess what happened you never see this in the movies Wyatt Earp gets arrested <laughs> and charged with murder so uh, they had a trial in the town the Clantons were very popular they had many friends they were sort of cattle rustlers and, and rough guys but they were apparently very entertaining and uh, half of the town they just thought they walked on water so we uh, needed a man like Wyatt Earp in Vietnam, but we couldn't find the original. So we found a distant relative, Zach Earp. Zach Earp uh, had a career in Vietnam, which, uh, <laughs> why don't you tell, tell, let me know if I'm missing anything in this battle at the OK Corral, first of all. <laughs> it was uh, quite interesting. Uh, uh, I'm not sure it quite compares to uh, the OK Corral, 
you know, great crowd, just a, a few good guys against a few bad guys, but uh, uh, in Vietnam, the OK Corral seemed pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> seemed like they're, oh, the whole crowd uh, was against us, but we prevailed as just as Wyatt Earp and his brothers did at the OK Corral. Uh, uh, at least uh, my Marines, we prevailed in 1967, 68. I was there. Uh, one over October, uh, 67, and uh, wounded uh, 14 April 1968. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, it wasn't a uh, one-on-one or three-on-three battle. It was uh, uh, it was me against uh, uh, not a handgun or shotguns. It was a some sort of a small anti-personnel type mine or explosive device that uh, got me. And so I said, well, that's not quite fair. <laughs> we couldn't draw. There was no one, two, three draw. It was just looking for anything unusual. You stand up and you take a step and a big explosion. Uh, however, that sent me on an interesting, interesting excursion through life. Uh, uh, the wounds are from my heels to my shoulder, both legs, buttocks, back, both arms, both hands. Uh, Couple of pieces of my left kidney, a piece of my spleen, and a lot of time in the hospital, many surgeries. And he thought, okay, that's enough. You know, being blown up in Vietnam, being medically retired because of it, you're good. You're still alive. You're doing all right. However, uh, come along to around 2011, this funny thing called Agent Orange, uh, the big point that we sprayed, turns out that that has a lot of. Uh, Enemies in, within that uh, end up being diagnosed with uh, uh, Parkinson's disease. Uh, the next month, a diagnosed with prostate cancer. Uh, a year later, diagnosed coronary artery disease. Yeah. All related to my exposure to Asian Orange in Vietnam, all service connected injuries to the VA. Uh, so, at my Life seems to be that you know, I'm still trying to get me, uh, but I'm a good Marine, I refuse to lose. And with the help of some wonderful doctors at the VA, uh, they take very good care of me, keep bringing me back. But the story of Agent Orange is a lot more than that, as you well are aware and were. Know very well, Jan, being uh, such an integral part of the wall and the injuries to your fellow Vietnam veterans throughout the years. Uh, Agent Orange is a mean, uh, uh, never-ending disease. So how do you, just tell me, I mean, for people listening to this, uh, you know, people are going to be listening to this for years and years. I mean, what do you do mentally to cope with this? What do you do for positive thinking? How do you deal with the stress of, of, of having this uh, in your body? Oh, um, yes, stress. A uh, couple some of my other VA related illnesses, PTSD, of course. Uh, dealing with stress is very difficult. When I came back, I was a very angry young man. Uh, 
trying no no way to deal with it. Not sure what was going on. These things, these nightmares, flashbacks, flashbacks while I'm driving. No help for us. Fortunately, around 1980, I found the first uh, vet center in my town, Riverside, California. First outreach center opened up, and uh, I read about it. And uh, their motto at the time was help without hassles. I said, well, mm. and I had just been diagnosed and received compensation for my PTSD just that same year. And so the psychologist referred me to the vet center. And so I went there and said, okay. And uh, they said, can I help you? And I pointed to the sign, their poster, that says help without hassles. I said, prove it. <laughs> and uh, not that I had a chip on my shoulder, but uh, uh, as most of us not trusting the VA and the government because of our experiences in Vietnam, I uh, kind of find out the, the vet center saved my life. Yeah. I got a, a great counselor, uh, uh, Frank Rolanda. He is my counselor for three years. He put our all of us in our group back together again. Okay. Because we refer to him as Saint Frank. Okay. He helped us with our uh, alcohol, drugs, stress. And I mean, it was a lot of stress. Uh, that started me on the road. Well, the other part of that equation through the vet, through the vet center was I found BVA, the Nonprofit of America. Good. Yeah, you're very active there, statewide and nationally. Isn't that correct? Yes, uh-huh. and it's, that set me on a path with VBA. Uh, I found other stressed out veterans and that had also been through the vet center, also had found VBA, and we found that VBA was the ideal place for us because there was a, a bunch of pissed off Vietnam vets yeah. that got together and said, we will not let you do this to us. We refuse to lose. We were, we held them accountable. Yes. Great organization. Uh, and a lot of that came out of the wall also. You know, a lot of guys, that was our first step was uh, learning about the wall, taking a trip to the wall. Good. Now, My first trip was in 1981. They were building still working on the wall. Yes, yeah. yeah. And so, what impact did the Vietnam Wall have on you when you saw the names of your buddies? Uh, it was uh, extremely emotional. Uh, uh, I made this trip with my, now my, my ex-wife and my three sons. Yeah. Uh, went back to visit family, but then a, I lived uh, right there. Uh, her brother was a, an attorney for the VA in DC. So <laughs> turned out to be helpful, by the way. Good, bet. <laughs> but the wall took me about 10 tries to finally get up to go to the wall and look up some friends. And I'd, I'd approach it, turn, walk away, walk around, come back again. And finally, one of the rangers there helped me look up the name in the book. And my buddies, and he walked me, escorted me to the spot. 
And uh, from there, just uh, letting my buddies know that, that we still care and that we won't forget them. Uh, that was the first thing. And then slowly to the vet center and to VVA and, and the wall. I made many, many a trips to the wall. And Can now, you tell me uh, about your children and the effects of Agent Orange on them? Uh, yes. Agent Orange it doesn't just tackle or take on or cause the veteran severe illnesses and diseases and cancers. Uh, as I found out through the VVA and their Agent Orange program, the work with veterans, is that Agent Orange can go out up to three generations. I go, what? How can that be? I mean, my kids and grandkids could be affected by my exposure mm. to Agent Orange. Mm. What the hell, man? That's not fair. Yeah. My kids didn't do anything. They had nothing to do with it. All three of my sons have some sort of illness. Uh, my oldest started seeing me something simple. He had uh, a rash about five years old, just getting these rashes all, all over his body, breaking out in hives all over. Mm-hmm. We did several tests through the uh, pediatric neurologist, could not find out the reason why. We continued on. Well, my, that son is 48 years old now. He's still being going through tests trying to find out what causes those things. He also has developed a neurological problem that I believe is associated. Um, My middle son, uh, he developed a seizure disorder. Uh, Very young, uh, a lot of medication, a lot of trips to the uh, doctor, pediatric neurologist again, uh, found out the seizure disorder that he qualified, he'd be a candidate for brain surgery to help take care of the seizures. When we first went in, it was 85% chance of helping him. But after months and weeks of testing and hospitalization and doing all kinds of tests on him, found out the because of the area of the brain that it was affected, uh, it was more than one area. The surgery was too complicated and the best, they couldn't even give him a 50-50 chance. So his best was medications. At age 32, Christmas Eve, 2009, I found him in his bedroom. He died from a grand mal seizure. Oh, no. Uh, uh, my youngest son, he was, I uh, almost lost him, but six to eight months years old. Found out he had a uh, birth defect. He had uh, originally just a hole in the upper chamber of the heart, which is not un- that unusual. But the cardiologist, the great cardiologist, uh, uh, kept working with him and he could hope. He put off surgery for a month to month, hoping to get big as he gets bigger and stronger, more successful surgery. When they got in there, they found that the, actually the heart, the main artery, the vein to the heart went to the wrong side of the heart. So without that hole in the, in the upper chamber, which allowed the blood to flow back over to where it's supposed to be mm. going into, uh, he wouldn't he wouldn't have made it. So he's 42 now and he's doing okay. 
he's still at risk for heart issues and uh, heart problems and heart attacks, et cetera, but he's, we're trying to deal with it. So it's, you know, all three of my kids, all three of them having something unusual. Yeah. And to VBA and the birth defect registry, there's a registry for all Vietnam veterans registered kids that have illnesses. And I've done that with my boys. Good. I try to get the message out to everyone, all Vietnam veterans I know and me, and all that go get tested, take the Agent Orange exam, file a claim for Agent Orange exposure. We know exactly where and when it was sprayed, how much was sprayed, we know where it was stored. We have all that detail that they kept for us for years, but we know now. So, because you know you owe it to your kids and your grandkids to do that. And my grandkids, my kids and my grandkids, even now my kids are adults, my grandkids are in their early 20s. Hmm. They let their doctor know that their grandfather or their father was uh, has some Agent Orange diseases by the VA, yeah. by the VA. <clears throat> and if they get anything unusual, that's the first place to start checking anything related to that exposure. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to point out here as we slowly come to a close that, uh, you know, people always say, well, thank you for serving. But Zach really shows you what serving can mean. Uh, at a young age, he was filled with shrapnel, uh, ended up with cancer, Parkinson's, everything else. He's still fighting. He's had a successful life. He continues to touch people with his personality. And everybody likes Zach Earp. A couple of people at BVA said, you've got to talk to Zach Earp. <laughs> He's the real deal. So, uh, Zach, we want to thank you. And uh, uh, if you have any final words, uh, go right ahead. Thank you, Jan. I appreciate this uh, opportunity to do this podcast. And hopefully people listening, veterans and their families, uh, check Agent Orange out. Read about it. The information is there. Uh, Vietnam Veterans of America, vva.org. Go to that website, learn all about Agent Orange. If you're a veteran served in Vietnam, there's a good chance they're exposed to Agent Orange. For their kids and their grandkids, do it for their sake because it lasts a very long time. Thank you.